Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Joining me now as we break down all the market action. How you doing, Ryan Huang? Pretty good, Michelle. How's your break from you know, the National Day celebrations? Fantastic. Feels like two weekends in one week, right? <laughs> yeah, short work week and it's right in the middle. Yeah, yeah. I hear a lot of tired voices back at work today, I have to say. All right, let's start this morning in China where the property market consumer prices and a fresh flashpoint in Beijing's relationship with the United States are all sources of investor concern. I'm going to start with property. Uh, The share price of one of China's biggest developers, Country Gardens, has been pummeled this week. They've fallen nearly 20% in Hong Kong trade after the company missed payments on two offshore bonds. Country Garden also scrapped plans earlier this month to inject fresh cash into the business. Ryan, analysts worry that Country Garden's woes have echoes of the China Evergrande debt spiral that we were talking about two years ago. What do you think? Oh, two years ago. Wow, time flies. And yet, doesn't seem much has changed. Another property developer in trouble. This time the name has changed. It's Country Garden. Um, not China Evergrande in the crosshairs right now. And Country Garden is one of the biggest property players in China. So people are sitting up to take notice because it is going to represent potentially more trouble to come. And what really sparked it was the failure by Country Garden to pay up for two US dollar denominated bonds. The coupon payments were due. They did not pay up. So that started to trigger some concerns that something might be worrying behind the scenes. So people have been selling first and asking questions later. Mm. That was reflected in the stock price. The construction giant saw its stock plunging 16% in Hong Kong trading uh, since Tuesday. So you've got that in the backdrop. And of course, the property sector is a huge component for the Chinese economy, not just for being property, but because of all the services, all the ancillary uh, revenue and industries that come along with the property sector. Mm. It creates a lot of employment. So if that's not doing well, it can have knock-on impact on the rest of the Chinese economy. So it then now raises the question, does the Chinese um, government need to do more in terms of stimulus and how much more? Because what they seem to be doing does not seem to be enough because now you have a country garden failing to pay up. Absolutely. Some country gardens bonds are currently trading for as little as 10 cents on the dollar. It's a real sign that investors are expecting a default. In the meantime, country gardens chairwoman Yang Huiyan has seen her fortune plunge. Yang used to be Asia's richest woman, but her wealth has dropped by more than 80% over the past two years. Uh, she's got nothing to worry about, though. Bloomberg estimates she's still worth $5.5 billion. I want to take a step back and look at China's macro economy. Now, prices are in focus, but the problem here is completely different from most other parts of the world. How so? Yeah, it's also tied to property in some sense because this has to do with falling prices, right? When you think about it, hey, should I buy my house now or should I buy it next month when it's cheaper? Some people would think, hey, I'll just kick the can down the road and buy it later. It'll be cheaper. Maybe later, later, it'll be even cheaper. 
And then you've got this problem. People will just be pushing back their purchases and then that leads to a bit of a spiral. There'll be no one buying stuff. The economy is not going to be you know, moving. And this leads to an entire different set of problems, which is tied to deflation. When prices are dropping, mm-hmm. and this has been seen in the latest numbers on the consumer price index, which fell about 0.3% on year. That is his first drop in nearly two years. So now the question is coming up. Is this a warning sign of more pain to come or at least more trouble? And it has, I guess, some reason why we are seeing this slump in the property sector. People are just not confident enough to um, buy properties right now. They are saving money more than buying money, uh, spending. So that is the prospect we're already seeing in the property sector. So prices are falling, debt is rising. And as I mentioned at the top of this segment, there is a new flashpoint in US-China relations. The Biden administration is ordering a ban on new investments in sensitive Chinese tech industries. So who's going to be affected by this new rule? Guess what? It's China. Uh. <laughs> so you have that another headwind for Chinese markets potentially. So you've got US President Joe Biden signing that executive order but by and large people are expecting this because he's been communicating communicating the importance of national security Mm. how they need to cut back on some of the stuff they export because of these reasons and this includes high-tech stuff AI chips anything to do with quantum computing and semiconductors so that is potentially going to further strain relations and of course the business side of things you will uh, possibly look at disruptions to some of the companies who need to make some of these stuff. So you're looking at EV makers. Uh, you need chips in these things. You need smartphones. You will need chips as well. Mm. So it then leads to a lot of questions as well. Uncertainty about where these new chips will be coming from and if they can get anything from elsewhere. So that is the prospect of another headwind for China to face. Another headwind for China. The Biden administration didn't make any public comments about this investment ban uh, on sensitive Chinese tech industries, new investments there. It appears to be trying to minimize the damage to its relations with Beijing. Beijing knew this ban was coming, but as you can imagine, there's significant unhappiness. And it said that the rules will, quote, seriously undermine investors and hinder normal business cooperation. All right, let's turn to a popular weight loss drug now. It's undergone new clinical tests and the results could propel this pharmaceutical company that makes it into Europe's most valuable company. The drug is called Wigovi. It's marketed by a Danish pharmaceutical company called Nova Nordisk. And the latest tests show Wigovi significantly reduces the risks of heart attacks and strokes for people who suffer from obesity. These results are likely to lead more insurance companies to pay for obesity drugs, which can be quite expensive. Wegovi, for example, has a list price of more than 1300 US dollars. Ryan, insurer resistance to these prices is not the only factor limiting access to weight loss drugs like Wegovi. What else is at play here? Yeah, Michelle, it is a numbers game for insurance players because if they can reduce risks of all these things, um, they will probably go for it. And this drug seems to be quite promising on their front, the weight loss drug Wegovi. So a couple of things that they might face in terms of headwinds bringing it to market will be supply because there is a lot of um, issues in production and this also will be around how their regulations 
um, around the production of the Rigovi. In fact, you've got other companies looking at lawsuits on some of these drugs. So that is one of the, um, I guess, issues or challenges in ramping up production for Rigovi. Shares of Eli Lilly, they sell a weight loss drug called Monjaro and they're up over 70% over the past year. Novo Nordisk shares, meanwhile, are up 17% over the past couple of days. Really, they've quadrupled over the past few years. Analysts now say that Novo Nordisk may be on track to dethrone, get this, LVMH as Europe's most valuable company. Morgan Stanley expects the market for anti-obesity drugs to jump five-fold over the next decade. But what is good for the pharmaceutical makers may not be so good for another sector. Who is, who's this exactly? <laughs> yeah, so it's almost like a seesaw, right? When one goes up, one goes down. So if you cut back on eating, the guys who make the food are going to suffer. So this is where in the crosshairs, you've got... Packaged food makers, soft drink companies, grocers, restaurants. You can kind of figure out where this is going. People who sell you stuff to eat or drink. Mm. So if you don't need as much food and drink, then they will be able to not make as much money. So I think this is where Morgan Stanley is coming from. If this really takes off, then people will just cut back on eating, Mm. eating out maybe. So it's a long list of potential ramifications for other companies if this really takes off. Yeah, I think these companies, uh, we talk about weight loss drugs being bad news for restaurants, packaging business, soft drink companies. They're going to just have to pivot to what consumers want, which is... Carbless, sugarless. I've seen it happen already at the convenience store. Zero sugar drinks. That's really becoming a big thing now. Absolutely. Well, increased sales of appetite suppressants may be bad, though, for fast food chains going forward, but their stocks are doing pretty well. Krispy Kreme shares have suffered a sell off over the past month, but they're still up about 40% since the beginning of the year. And Domino's Pizza, who Ryan's a fan of, the (laughs) pizza, not stock, they're up 30% over the past three months. Can't right. eat too much of that though. Oh yeah, Pizza. when was the last time you had some? <laughs> Two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, buffering my argument. All right, time for corporate news. We do it up or down style. How's the Walt Disney Company doing? All right, the House of Mouse. I would say <laughs> it's a bit mixed. So I would look at the bright side of things and this is where you've got the prospects of more money coming Next time. So they have plans to raise prices on their ad-free streaming tier. Mm. And this will, of course, mean people having to pay more. Plus, they are cracking down on password sharing. It all sounds very familiar. They're all stuff that Netflix did earlier this year. So more money, perhaps, if people are inclined to hold on to their Disney Plus accounts. Yeah, we're looking at the Walt Disney Company this morning. Disney is posting mixed results for the second quarter of the year as its bottom line is being hit by restructuring costs. As you heard, a streaming service, Disney Plus, also experiencing a drop in subscriber numbers. And Disney is planning to, by the way, raise the costs of subscribing to the channel. So all that is down in my books. Next up, let's look at the popular gaming platform, Roblox. Yeah, I guess what goes up must come down. And this is a tune for Roblox. Mm. And it missed estimates for its second quarter bookings as it reported waning demand for its online games. 
and intensifying competition. So big time drop for a share price, nearly 19% lower. Look at that. Roblox revenue is up, but so are its losses. The company lost more than 280 million US dollars in the second quarter of the year, worse than expected, by the way. And that led investors to dump Roblox shares overnight. They fell more than 20%. Next up, let's go local with DBS. Yes, I will go up and it is looking overseas, in particular, Greater China. That's why stepping up investments is looking to expand there. And this, as it expects, growth in that region to outpace the rest of the country, in particular, the Greater Bay Area in China. And the Greater Bay Area includes Hong Kong, by the way. So that's the area where DBS is planning to increase its investments and hiring. DBS's China business has really been enjoying double-digit growth over the past couple of years. So I'll give that an up. It's it's a bit hard to call, though. We also have news that DBS CEO Piyush Gupta has sold off nearly $3.5 million worth of DBS shares. Maybe a sign that DBS shares have gotten to be a bit expensive in some books. At the same time, though, Gupta's sales was just a small percentage of his total holdings in DBS. So overall, I'm going to take a step back. I'll, I'll give the bank an up. Let's look at Singapore land. Okay, and I am looking at down. So Singapore land's first half profits are down more than 50%. And this comes as some of its results coming through from its associates and joint ventures are weaker. Look at that. First half profit for Singapore land down 53.2%. So I'll join you there as well. That is definitely a down. Tai Bev, how's it doing? Yeah, I was a bit surprised by Tai Bev's results. And so it's a down for me. And it has seen its EBITDA falling 3.4% to about $1.45 billion. And this comes despite the company recording higher Sales, in fact, three point eight percent rise in sales on year, mm-hmm. but it had to offset this with higher expenses and cost pressures. So good business, but not good enough profit margins. Well said, well said. To sum it up, Taibev's revenue is up, but profits are down. Higher costs are taking a bite out of its bottom line. All right, let's look at the SGX. I am leaning towards up, and this uh, this is with the headlines that it has. Uh, made more clarification around this rule for biotech companies, growth companies in particular, to list. So you don't need to be revenue generating in order to list on the SGX, on the main board. So that has been clarified and I suppose that will give some certainty to uh, market players who want to go for a listing and could encourage more life sciences um, companies to go forth. Yeah, I think this could attract new listings in the life sciences, biotech field. Should be an up for Singapore Exchange. It's making changes to its listing rules to help life sciences companies go public. These new rules clarify that biotech firms don't need to be already profitable in order to go public. Did you want to add to that? Oh, I'm good, I'm good. You're good. All right, let's look at two REITs. Uh, we have BHG Retail REIT. Now, they focus on retail space in China. Prime US REIT has office buildings in the US. They're pretty different businesses, but they do have something in common. So what is it? Uh, and would you say up or down? <laughs> I am looking at down. So that's the common thing here. Both DPU for Prime <laughs> REIT and BHG REIT are down. And this with the familiar tune of, I guess, headwinds for some of these streets and coming through on expenses. So if you look at, for example, 
prime U.S. REIT,、mm. the net property income is down, and this comes as the income available for distribution dropped twenty nine point three percent on year. So you have、um, well a tough set of first half numbers for these two REITs. You got it. Distributions to unit holders really being slashed by both BHG Retail REIT and Prime US REIT. That's what unites them. And distributions being slashed by about thirty to fifty percent. So that is definitely a down in my books for both companies. For our last word today, I'm going to return to Mattel and Barbie. You may have heard in the news the Barbie movie has joined the billion dollar club. More than one billion US dollars in global ticket sales. It's racked up. Imagine that. This is the first billion dollar movie for Warner Brothers Discovery. As well as the first one for a female director, so all great news on the movie front for Barbie. Mattel, though, has apparently been the victim of quite an <laughs> elaborate hoax. I don't know if you've seen this. A video starring actress Daryl Hannah has circulated, and it claims that Mattel is going to stop making Barbie dolls out of plastic, and that it will produce eco warrior Barbies instead, made from mushrooms, hemp, and kelp. Have you seen this video? I've heard of this story. I haven't seen it yet, but it's quite convincing. It going、is. by the story, I, you can imagine it, right? Everyone's trying to go green, and here's Barbie trying to ride on the sentiment of everyone's、um, greenness to go eco-friendly. <laughs> so why not an eco-warrior Barbie? Maybe something you can throw on the barbecue as well. So maybe mushrooms, right? Oh my goodness, edible Barbies! That's a good idea, right, Huang? I watched the video and I thought it was super convincing. Climate、yeah. activists really, you know what Mattel should. Do Mattel should come up with a with a kind of eco warrior?、Uh, I would be going food you can play with, and then you can just eat it <laughs> up. Mushrooms. Oh my gosh! Who are the people behind the Daryl Hannah video? By the way, a group called Barbie Liberation Front climate activists. Now the video may have been a hoax. I mean, Mattel's not going to stop making Barbies made of plastic, but Barbie mania is not. There have been so many commercial spinoffs. The Guardian reports is even a company selling Barbie house. Coffins. Their slogan: "So you can rest like a Barbie." Wow! <laughs> Imagine that. All right. Full day ahead. Thank you so much for joining me, Ryan Huang. Thanks, Michelle. This is Market View. More of the show still to come. Would you give up a scan of your eyeballs for a handful of world coins? New kind of cryptocurrency. Well, we're going to find out more about it at ten o five. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O Audio at the App Store and Google Play.